I'll say good morning on a cloudy June day. I think, you know, if you're taking a vacation, you just might want to go someplace dry. Would that work okay? You know, I was going to go to Florida, but now I'm thinking about going to the Sahara. I mean, it's kind of, kind of like that right now. But I'm so glad you're here today, and we're going to talk about something really, really special and important. So it's going to be worth you getting up early on a really cloudy day and coming to, to worship the Lord and hear from God. I have a good friend. And he's a great Christian guy and a guy that I look up to and respect in so many ways. And you remember last week I, I had told you as an assignment, I'd like to ask you to just engage three different groups of people in conversation and ask the question, what do you think heaven's going to be like? And a lot of you did that and you responded to me and told me some of the things and some of them were really interesting and some of them were kind of funny. But I, I, I did the same thing that I asked you to do. I asked different people, what do you think heaven's going to be like? And so I wound up running into this friend. He's not a new spring guy, but just a super, super, super guy and a great Christian guy and an example in, in so many ways. And I think if, if I had engaged him in just about any spiritual topic, he'd have been spot on. But I caught him on this heaven thing. I asked him, I said, what do you think heaven's going to be like? Well, he, he, he toyed with it for a moment or two, and he kind of thought maybe it might be like this and it might be like that. And then he just stopped. And he went to the default answer that I've gotten from Christians all my life. And it sounds spiritual, but it's the dumbest thing in the world. It really is. I mean, I'll just be honest. I mean, guys, I'm an old hand. I'm 50 years old. Every day of my life I've been spending in a pastor's home. I've been in church since I was days old. So really, not, not a whole lot's new to me. One thing I've watched through the years is not everything that sounds spiritual in a church is. And not everything that looks spiritual in a church is. I'm talking to some of you, you just accepted Christ, and, and you can see somebody walking around here with that hyper-spiritual look on their face. And it may not be that they're spiritual. They just may have a gallbladder condition or something. You know? <laughs> but for those of you who just started following Jesus, i got to tell you, and I mean this with all love, you know, some of the stupidest stuff in the world will come out of the mouths of long-term, long-time Christians. And that's why you got to stay right with what the Bible says. And, and so I, I love this guy. He's just a super friend and a smart guy. And, and I could have caught him in 999 areas out of 1,000. He'd have been right on. But on this one question, he just like fell right back into the same dumb thing that I've watched Christians say all my life. And he goes something like this. God doesn't want me thinking about heaven right now. God wants me thinking about this life. And when I die, wow, I, I'm just going to trust God for heaven being what it is. I'm not even going to think about it now. And then he said it. I'm just going to be glad to get in. Where does that come from? I mean, you know, we, we've got a free concert here on the 3rd, and, and, you know, we've got free tickets out there. And let's just say you go out there and you get a free ticket, and, you know, I've been wanting you to come, and Lance has been talking to you about coming. It's all over the website. It's out there, you know, the, uh, the sign out there on the road says, free, free, free. And here you are holding a ticket, and you come up to me and you say, well, Mark, I hope you'll let me come in. That would insult me. That would make me feel bad. Because after all, I've put my, my word, my integrity on it. Say, we've got a free concert here, pony rides, all kinds of things here. You think about what God has said to you. God has done so much for you to be certain that you're going to heaven. And when I was a kid, I mean, I'm just bouncing around here. If you'll just forgive me one more time to bounce around, we'll get right to, to the topic here. Now, when I was a kid growing up, we used to sing out of this little paperback hymnal. And maybe it was just a southern thing, I don't know, but it had shape notes. And if you've never sung with shape notes, you just don't know what the world is about. And, and there were just all these songs in there that were strange. I mean, some were good, you know. But, I mean, I remember one song. I, I was a kid, you know, and when the sermon got boring, I just sort of thumbed through this paperback hymnal. We used to have the song in there. We never sang it, but it was called Ain't It a Shame. 
And I can remember this, you know, one of the verses said, ain't it a shame to joyride on Sunday, whatever joyriding is. But it was like all the stuff you shouldn't do on Sunday. It said, ain't it a shame to joyride on Sunday. And then the rest of the song said, when you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then it, it, it got to this one. As a kid, it got my attention. It said, ain't it a shame to lie on Sunday when you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> but I remember one of the songs in that book said, Lord, just give me a little cabin in the corner of glory land. In other words, I don't think I'm going to get there and I don't expect too much, but just put me way out there at the very end of the line. That may sound spiritual, but it's the most unspiritual, unbiblical, nutty thing that you ever heard in your life. And so today in a message called Trip Planner, I want us to get reset and start thinking about heaven. Because here's the deal. If we block heaven out of our minds, it'll mess up our value decisions, it'll mess up our value choices, and it will really decimate our lives. So this morning, we're going to talk about heaven. What should we do to get ready for heaven? Because here's the deal. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are holding a ticket right now. Or better than that, God is holding your ticket. And nothing can ever happen to you that will cause you to get out of God's family. Remember this. Here's the thing. God wants you in heaven. Do you know that? God wants you in heaven. I think many times because we're sinners, we have in the back of our minds, wow, God really doesn't want me there because I'm a bad person, but I have found the little thing here about salvation. I prayed and I accepted Jesus. So now he's got to let me in. Friend, it's not like that at all. He wants you in heaven. He gave his son on the cross in order that you might have everlasting life. So he wants you there and he's holding your ticket. But I want you to get ready for heaven. I want you to start thinking about it. And I want to start thinking about it in this message called Trip Planner. Many of you have an upcoming vacation or you just got off one. And even though you may have only had a week vacation, two week vacation, if you were traveling, I know you did some planning. You may have bought your airline tickets or you may have, you know, mapped it out, you know, and, and you might have even gotten on Google Earth and kind of looked at some of the spots and sites. But here's the deal. Any of us who are planning a trip and especially a relocation, we plan it out. So I want us to think about what we should do right now to plan for our trip to heaven. If you're taking notes this morning, I've got five things that I want you to think about. And each one of these has some scripture that go with them. So even if you don't get all the scripture, maybe you can just write down the coordinates and, and read these later when you get home. But the first thing that I want to encourage you to do is to dream about heaven. Dream about heaven. When I'm going on a trip, I dream about being there. Um, I've got an upcoming trip this fall. I'm preaching in Scotland in northern England. Actually, I'm starting off in Glasgow, and I saw the news yesterday too. Um, but I, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Now, here's the thing about dreaming about heaven. When I dream about a place I've never been to before, I don't know what you do, but here's what I do. I put myself there. I imagine myself there. If, I'm, if I've got a trip to the mountains, I imagine myself doing mountain things. If I'm going to my favorite place, which is the beach, I imagine myself doing beach things, being at the beach. Maybe I've never seen that particular beach. Maybe I've never seen that particular part of Colorado or Wyoming. But my imagination goes to work. And I listen to people who have been there. And I see pictures. And I imagine what it would be like to be there. I dream about a place where I'm going. Listen to what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Think about the things of heaven. And my friend said, basically, I don't think God wants me to think about heaven right now. God wants me to TCOB. God, God wants me to take care of business. But listen to what the Bible says. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. 
Now, here's what's really cool about that verse. I've been thinking about it. I've been talking. Marilyn is going to be glad for me to move on from this sermon because I just keep talking about this one expression. I go home and I talk about it and I talk about it and I talk about it. It is that expression, your real life. You know why most Christians don't think about heaven? They think this is the real life. Heaven is that fuzzy life out there where you fly around on clouds and toying on a harp and who knows what it's going to be like way out there in the future. But that's not my real life. This is my real life. Oh, how wrong it is. Because a lot of the things that look bad in this life are really good. And a lot of things that look good in this life are really bad. A lot of things that are ugly turn out to be beautiful. A lot of things that we think are beautiful turn out to be ugly. Why? Because this is a faux life. If you've ever been out to Hollywood or any place else where they shoot pictures, you know what it's like to be on a set. And you know Hollywood can make, you know, they can make a facade look like a city. But then when you go through those doors, you discover there's nothing there. And that's so much like this life, isn't it? I mean, we think this life is real. We think it's lasting. We think it's what it's all about. And yet the Bible says, this isn't the real life. The real life is the life to come. And somebody can say, well, Mark, why is this so hard? It's hard for me too. The answer is here. The Bible says your real life is hidden with Christ in God. God's got it hidden. God's got it covered. Now, he's revealing a lot of it to us by his spirit. This series is all about that. I'm sharing with you what I've learned from God's word, and God is causing you to think and learn as I'm talking today. But pretty much heaven is hidden. We trust God. We take it by faith. But the main point is it's our real life. I want to encourage you. Start putting yourself there. You don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to blow all your circuits. But put yourself there by faith. Put yourself in a place where people don't get sick. Put yourself in a place where people don't die. Put yourself in a place where the most beautiful and opulent things of this world are just building materials in heaven. Put yourself there by faith. Dream about it. If you're sitting around, you don't have anything to think about, think about heaven. Boy, that gets us in a lot of trouble, doesn't it? When we've got nothing else to do, we turn on the television. I guess there's anything wrong with that necessarily. We, we have all these things to take up our attention today, all these electronic devices and all of that. Hey, the next time you don't have anything to do and you're really not going to engage in anything constructively, why not just take a few moments and think about heaven? Put yourself there. Let's ramp it up. Let's go to the next level. The second thing is fall in love with heaven. I hear people every once in a while that will tell me, well, Mark, I've fallen in love. Well, I do believe there are people in love. I look around this room, and I see people who have been married for a long time, and I know about your marriage, and I know you're in love. But here's what I also know about you. It it wasn't like a lot of people think falling in love is. You know, you just walk in someplace, and a thunderbolt hits you, and ah, you're in love. Hey, you may start that way. Infatuation may be that way, but if you're in love, at some point you chose to be in love. Can I get a witness on that? You chose to be in love. You said, may not always feel like it, but I choose to be in love. Now, the first thing, dreaming about heaven, you can dream about heaven when you're not doing anything else. This next one is the place where you're going to have to make a choice. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 again, the Bible says, set your minds on things above not on earthly things. Now, you set dials, you set indicators every day of your life. We live in an electronic age. You know what it's like to set your radio. I've got satellite radio. There are 10 trillion channels on satellite radio. But I can only listen to one at a time. What's the one I listen to? The one I set. you got a million cable channels. Which one do you watch? Well, some of you got the picture-in-picture, and you can watch a bunch of them at one time. 
but you watch the one that you set. Now, it's the same way with your mind. Your mind can be on a lot of channels at one time. But you set your mind on what it is that you're going to focus on. Here's what the Bible says. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And what I take from that is it may not always be my first it may not always be my first um, feeling to think about heaven. Especially if I'm having a bad day or if I'm having some difficult relationship or if, if I'm wanting something that I don't have. It may not be my first feeling to think about heaven. That's where the choice comes in. I choose to think about heaven. Uh, sometime back I had to have an MRI. How many of you have had an MRI? Would you raise your hand? Okay, I... I'll tell you, I am a poster child for claustrophobia. I am the most claustrophobic human being you ever saw in your life. I, when, I'm a, when I'm flying, I want to sit on the aisle. Even in an auditorium, I'll sit on the aisle. I don't like to be closed in. That's one reason I don't want to go to hell, because hell is a claustrophobic place. The Bible says there's plenty of room in heaven. That's because God made heaven for everybody. The Bible says hell is crowded. That's because God didn't make hell for people. He made it for Satan and demons. So I don't want to go to hell for a lot of reasons. But I don't like it because it's crowded. So I remember when the doctor told me that I had to have an MRI, and I'd seen that casket-looking, cylindrical-looking thing, and I'd seen that little tray that slides out, and they put you on that tray and slide you in. You're totally enclosed. And I'm thinking, I am going to go in there, and I'm absolutely going to freak. And I still remember this day. Now, you know what? When I found out I had to have an MRI, I knew it was going to be unpleasant and difficult, and I didn't say, hey, it's going to be unpleasant and difficult. I'm not going to do it. I did it. I went through it. And I remember when they, you know, took everything, metal out of my pockets and all my rings off and everything, put me on that tray and slid me in there. And yes, it was tough. But after a few minutes, I thought, you know what? My body may have to be in here, but my mind doesn't have to be. And I begin to think about Scripture verses that God brought to my mind. I begin to think about pleasant experiences. I begin to think about being with my family and places that I was planning to go in the future. And even though I had to be in there for quite a few minutes for that MRI, I thank God that I was able in my mind to be someplace else. And you know, there are going to be times in your life when you are going to have to take care of business. And yes, you've got to go to work. And I'm not saying you should think about heaven and not think about the things that you should be doing. But here's what I am saying. Even though your body and your attention may have to be on the things of this earth, your heart doesn't have to be. Listen one more time. The Bible says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Here's number three. It's kind of a continuation of that last one. Prioritize. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first. Now, the word first there carries with the concept of priority. But seek first his kingdom, that's heaven, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're caught in between two kingdoms right now. You're living in the kingdom of this world, and you're headed for the kingdom of heaven. Could I ask you a question? When you've got to make value decisions, when you've got to think about how you utilize your money, when you think about how you utilize your time, how you use your talents, which one comes first? Which kingdom gets the good stuff from your life? You know, when I was a kid growing up, we never had dog food. We had dogs, but no dog food. We ate the dinner, and the dog got the leftovers. That's just the way it was the Hoover household. 
And I can remember, man, my dog would be out there waiting for the leftovers. And if we had, you know, some kind of, we had, we had meat, that dog would get the last thing that was left there. Can I ask you a question? Which kingdom gets the leftovers in your life? Does the kingdom of this world and all the things that go with it, does it get the lion's share of the good stuff in your life and then God's kingdom just gets the leftovers? Listen again to what the Bible says. Because somebody could say, well, I don't like that verse very much because it says that God should come first. But listen, here's what the Scripture says. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, we want to read it like this. We want to say, seek first the things of this world and we will get the kingdom of heaven too. It doesn't work that way. Maybe the best way I can illustrate it would go something like this. I know the oil business is booming right now. And um, we have some oil businesses here in Wichita. We have some drilling and so on that we have in our state and, and related businesses. Suppose that you work for an oil business in Wichita and the CEO comes to you and says, hey, we, we're, we really do need to get all, all the oil and, and, and refining uh, capacity that we can get. And, and we're going to do some business over in the Middle East. The only problem is it's kind of precarious over there. We don't think the situation is going to last very long. But we want to send you over there to help us get the oil that we need. And, and here's the deal. If you'll go there and work for us for a while, we will just, you know, we'll give you stock. We'll give you real estate. We'll fund, we're going to put all kinds of money in American banks. But if you'll just go over there, we'll take care of your needs while you're there, and we'll really give you your income when you get back home to the United States. No sense in you buying a home in a place that may not last very long. That would make sense, wouldn't it? And that's exactly what God is saying to us. God is saying, while you're in this world, it's not going to last very long. God is saying, if you'll take care of my business, I'll make sure that you have everything that you need. And as we're going to see next week in a message called, you know, rewards program, God is going to just pile up the wealth in heaven. That takes me to number four. The fourth thing that you should be doing to plan for your trip is to send stuff ahead. Now, I'm just going to touch on this this morning, and and next week we'll talk about even more, but there's just a powerful verse in Matthew 6, verse 20, and it really does deal with the problem that a lot of Christians have right now. I talk to Christians, and they'll say something like this. Well, it's not, heaven is not about things to me. Heaven is just about God's presence. Now, all that sounds so spiritual, until I go to their house. Because when I go to their house, can you just come close here for a second? I discover that they care about things. Now, Christians can be the goofiest people on the planet sometimes. What they really are saying is, you know, I really don't want to think about God's kingdom and the things of heaven right now. I want to think about my things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this little spiritual tag on this to say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to figure that I'm not going to care about things anymore anyway. That is so wrong. Because if you care about things in a world that's going to only last for a few years, you know, at most you're only going to live a hundred or so years. And if you acquire things, age is going to do its number on it. Jesus said rust is going to be tough on it. Moss can get to it. Thieves can break in and steal it. And if you care about things in a transient world like that, how much more are you going to care about things in a place where nothing will ever get old. You say, well, Mark, I'm not sure I believe you. Okay, that's all right. Listen to Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. Matthew 6, verse 20. But gather. I love the language here. Listen to these verbs. But gather and heap up and store for yourselves 
treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor worm consume or destroy and where thieves do not break through and steal. Now listen to that. I mean, that is Jesus talking. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about things. He's talking about good stuff, stuff that you're going to enjoy. And he's saying, while you're on the earth, you need to find ways to lay up treasure in heaven and gather it. I could ask some of you today what's in your portfolio, and you could tell me all kinds of stocks and investments. Could I ask you a question? What's in your heaven portfolio? I mean, the Bible is saying gather. That means diversify. Gather. And then just pile it up. I mean, you, you, you never get to the place where you say, oh, I tell you what, I think I've just got so much treasure in heaven, I think I'm going to stop now. No. Jesus said, heap it up. Heap it up. And store. Allow me to go back to that metaphor I raised a few moments ago about going to that Middle Eastern country that's not going to, you know, where the situation is precarious. If you were going to be over there for six months, you wouldn't take your best stuff over there because you don't know in a minute you might be called out of that environment. You would just take whatever you need and you would store the good stuff. And that's what Jesus is saying about this life. He's saying, gather up treasure in heaven and then heap it up, pile it up. And then he said, store it in heaven. Now, here's what's powerful. There is a because in the next verse. Because there's a reason why you should lay up your treasure in heaven. The Bible says because, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. You know what? If you gather up all your treasure in this life, when you die, the attitude and the feeling you're going to have is, I'm leaving home. But if you've gathered and heaped up and stored, when you die, your attitude is going to be, I'm going home. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. This and I'm through. Maybe this is the most important one to me, although I, these, are, these are all so good, it's hard for me to know which one's the most important. But here's the quintessential reason why it's a terrible mistake for you and me not to think about heaven. This hyper-spiritual, goofy idea that God doesn't want me to think about heaven right now. He wants me just to take care of today and then leave heaven to him. Let me tell you why that idea is just so decimating to our lives. If you take heaven out of the equation, there will be a number of things in your life you're not going to be able to deal with very well. You're going to find yourself over and over saying, if God really loved me, why? There will be circumstances and situations in your life that no matter what happens in the future, you'll never be able to rectify them. You'll never be able to change them. You won't be able, and you'll just say, if God really loved me, and, and the whole problem with that is, is that we just imagine that this is our life, and we take heaven out of the equation. I mean, just be like a woman who's pregnant who took delivering a baby out of the equation. She would go through all the difficulties of pregnancy, and, and, and someone would say, why are you doing this? Well, I don't know. I've heard something about another human being being here sometime, someplace. You see what I mean? Listen to what the Bible says. And this is a lengthy text here, but I love this. This is a verse of Scripture, or actually a series of verses that I think about nearly every day of my life. And I start with verse 16, 2 Corinthians 4. That is why we never give up. 
Well, that's important right there to think about. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Okay, I want to slow down in verse 17. I want to parse this, this, this statement because it's so big. Let me read, read it quickly, then we'll go back and look at pieces of it. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. Now, how can anybody say that the problems that you and I are dealing with are small and they don't last very long? Because some of you are dealing with problems that look huge, and it seems like they have come to stay. Well, the only way that you can come up with that kind of judgment is to evaluate your present troubles against your future, which is exactly what Paul is saying. He's saying that's why we never give up. It's because the problems that we have today are, are small compared to the glory that's going to come. And it doesn't last very long. At most, as I said, we're only going to stay here a few years, and then we're going to heaven to be there forever. But it's that third thing that really grabs my attention. See, I think a lot of people believe, in, and we'll be talking about this next week in this message called Rewards Planner. Yes, indeed, you will be rewarded for the good things that you do for God. But there are some people who have the idea, well, heavenly rewards are only for me doing things at church. And yes, indeed, God will reward you for what you do at church. But trust me, I mean, God's not just rewarding people because they went out and searched for the Holy Grail. I don't think there is a Holy Grail. But I will tell you this. God is going to reward you for things that you don't even dream of right now. Look at what the Bible says one more time. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all. Hey, I've got trouble in my life just like you have trouble in your life. You know what we want our troubles to do? We want our troubles to go away, right? And sometimes when we have trouble that stays, and maybe you're in a difficult marriage, or maybe you've got a situation with your kids and it just doesn't seem to resolve, and maybe you've got problems at work and people don't treat you kindly, and then there, maybe there are people that, you know, they, you know, they tell you one thing with their face, but they do something else, you know, with who they really are, and, and you just say, God, I want this problem to go away. Here's the thing. When you go through troubles and you keep your faith in God, the heavenly meter is running. Did you know the Bible, our Bible says our troubles produce something in our lives? Now, I believe that. I haven't gotten to the place where I've said, God, would you give me more trouble? I haven't got there yet. But it's true. I mean, it does make you think differently about what you're going through, doesn't it, right now? Where you can say, Lord, I don't like going through this, but you know what? I'm going to keep my confidence and my faith in you. And I'm going to trust you to make this pay off in eternity. Let me finish the text. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we can see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Trip planner. Dream about heaven. Fall in love with it. Lay up stuff there. Take it into account. I mean, plan for heaven. Think about heaven every day. Ask yourself, what, am I living for this kingdom or am I living for the kingdom to come? And I promise you, if you'll begin investing in heaven, not just financially, but in every way of your life, you're going to have a richer life down here. I mean, that's the irony, isn't it? Because the Bible says all these things will be added to you. But more than that, you're going to be going to your home when you die. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you've let us experience this evening. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would bear this message heavily upon our hearts and drive the message home. 
And Father, for many of us, we've lived our lives as followers of Jesus, and yet we have so little invested in the life to come. Father, I pray you'll help us to recalibrate today. And Lord, if there's any person here who's never accepted Jesus, may today be the day of salvation in Jesus' name. Would you bow your head with me, please? Again. You know, I've talked for the last three weeks about heaven, and we've got two more messages coming up on it. There's no way in the world I can begin to tell you how wonderful heaven's going to be. I try to put myself there, but I know there's no way I can even begin. I mean, I think when we get there, we're just going to be blown away. People tell me, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why all the things went wrong in this life. And I think 30 seconds in heaven and we'll forget everything about this life. But heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And although God has made a way for you to go, you have to accept that way. And that way is his son, Jesus. Jesus said, you know, there was a disciple who asked him, how do I get to heaven? What's the way? And Jesus said, speaking of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he tacked this on. Nobody comes to the Father except through me, through Jesus. And I don't, I, I try to say this every weekend because I know that many of us come from various religious backgrounds. But you know, it doesn't matter what church you've come from because no church can get you into heaven doesn't matter what rituals you follow because no ritual is the way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and that way is Jesus Christ and how he died for you on the cross and how he rose from the grave. If you ask me today, Mark, do you know that you're going to heaven? I would say, yes, indeed I do. But the only reason, and I mean 100% of the reason, is bound up in what Jesus Christ did for me. I'm thankful for my church, but if I'd never had a church, I'd still have Jesus. I'm thankful to have been baptized. But if I'd never been baptized, I'd still have Jesus. I'm thankful for godly parents who raised me up with Christian values. Where would I be without them? But if I'd never had that kind of upbringing, I'd still have Jesus. The irony is you could have all those other things and not have him. My question for you today is, have you ever invited Jesus into your heart, into your life personally? Say, well, I'm from a Christian family. There's no family plan. Say, well, I went to a church. There's no church plan. There's only a personal plan. Just you and Jesus. And if you've never invited him into your heart, you can do that right now while we wait. I'm going to pray a prayer. And you don't have to use my prayer. You can pray your own. But if you want to pray with me, you can. And the important thing is that you mean it from your heart. But there's a promise that God has made before we pray this prayer. And it's simple, but it's direct and true. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can't break that apart. That's like breaking a BB. It is what it is. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that whoever could be you right now. And if you'll pray with me from your heart, the Lord will listen. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I believe you died in my place. I believe your blood paid for all my sins. 
I believe you rose from the grave. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I trust you eternally. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, quickly, if you did that today, would you um, take your worship folder? I think I must, I must have laid mine down someplace, but you got a worship folder when you came in. Part of that's detachable. There's a box at the top of the boxes that says that you prayed to receive Jesus. If you did that, would you check that box, please, today? And um, you can detach your card. You can drop it. There's some box, slotted boxes back at the back doors, or you can drop it in the offering plate. If you'll put an address on there, I've got three booklets that I want to send you this week that will help you get started in your Christian walk. There's some other boxes you can check on there, prayer request uh, areas that you can share with us, things that you want to let us know how we can minister to you. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward now to receive the morning offering. There are some envelopes in the backs of the pews right in front of you. And if you've got an offering today, it's an opportunity to start investing in heaven. The Bible has said that if we'll put God's kingdom first, he'll bless us and then multiply our gifts. Let's pray again. Father, please bless the offering. Thank you for your people who've gathered here today. In Jesus' name, amen.